All right. Well, I am truly excited to be standing in front this morning to share God's word and the message that he has. I got to tell you, um, this message today and next week and actually this series, God has been working out um, for months, um, specifically this message and next week I believe for about a month um, we've had I've had thoughts and 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 not my own but God's thoughts that he's given me and I am just so excited and it's funny how God just kind of continues to refine our lives and and just like refining and building into our lives um he's done that with the sermon um even this morning he gave me some new thoughts and some revisions and so just so you know this is this is a special moment. We hope that you anticipate these moments when we dive into God's word together to hear what he has to say um, and say into our lives. And so I hope that you brought it with you. I hope you brought your Bible with you this morning, paper or digital. Um, there's some in the seats in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, don't leave here today without one. We will make sure you get one, whether it's on your phone or a paper one. Um, we have those available for you. But if you have your Bible, go ahead and get it out and raise it up in the air so I've got my Bible, PK. Awesome, awesome. I'm so glad that you do today. Uh, we are going to go to a, a couple of different passages this morning, but we will be spending a lot of our time in Acts chapter 2. Um, so if you want to kind of open up to Acts chapter 2, and we will go ahead and get there in a few moments. But first... We wanted to do a little bit of review. In case you haven't been with us and you're just tuning in this week, we want to let you know kind of where we're at as a church. This year in preparing for this year and what God had for us, he made it clear to us that the word of the year, the really the word of our lives, our real existence for being and being here is relationships relationships. We are all created to be in relationship with our creator and with one another. We also thought, and God brought to us this first of the year to go along with relationships, which is um, found in anybody, can anybody tell me before I click? Okay, we have a couple people doing their homework. That's very, very good. This is our memory verse. We want everyone to know this verse, ideally by the end of this series, if not um, at some point in the beginning part of this year, because this is the verse. This is our mission. This is the vision for this year. And this is the image. If you're like me, I like logos. I like picture images that make me think about things. And this is to stand for, kind of helps me to remember, hey, this year's all about relationships and that that fine print there that's our memory verse believe it or not and so I liked how PJ last week he uh, brought that up and it kind of in, uh, enlarged it so to speak so that we could practice together and so I'm going in reverse remember how last week he was so nice to y'all and he had the verse up there and we read it together well I'm going to see if anybody's been doing their homework and see if this can help you recall what our verse is now I'm not going to come around and give demerits, okay? It's okay, but we are serious about this. This is what we really want all of us to get, and I believe God wants us to get it because this is the purpose of our existence, okay? 1 Thessalonians 2.8, if you, if you could say along with me, great. If you've looked it up in your Bible, you can read it along with me. That's okay, too. Because we loved you so much, 
we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. There it is, our verse of the year. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And last week, PJ, Pastor John, talked about koinonia. He talked about this koinonia and relationship with God. That koinonia with God is a relationship with him that involves a radical awareness of the presence of God. It is knowing God, not just simply knowing about God. And we can have koinonia with him by rejecting sin, walking as Jesus did, and by realizing that life, it isn't about us. It's about our word of the year, relationship. Koinonia with God bears fruit in our lives, fruit that leads to a deeper love of him and for his people. And it delights to us, delighting in sharing the gospel of God with others. And today we are going to start discussing the other half of koinonia. We're created to be in koinonia with God, and we're created to share our lives as well. We're created to be in koinonia with people. So, let's get going. We, one of my favorite things as a parent has been watching Jillian as a, as a child, watching her interact with other people, especially when she was really little. When Pastor John and I, we would take her out. We would frequent the park. We would go to the playground. And time and time again, we would witness uh, just a magical thing that took place. Jillian being an only child, she would come there on her own, and she would stand off to the side, and she would see these kids playing and interacting with each other. She would stand and kind of observe for a while, kind of quietly. And then before we knew it, she kind of got a little bit closer and kind of put her, like, leaned in and kind of watched some more. And before we knew it, she's kind of, like, right up on them, just kind of standing there. And before too long... She was engaged. They had welcomed her into her group, and they start playing tag. They start playing hide-and-seek, these great grand adventures that they make up in the land of make-believe. And all of a sudden, they were all interacting with one another. And even more amazing than this and beautiful to watch was the fact that certain things didn't matter. Ethnicity didn't matter. Background didn't matter. How they dressed didn't matter. How their hairstyle didn't matter. If they were loud, if they were quiet. All of a sudden, we would see them all embrace each other and welcome them in to their time of play and new friendship. And she would come running up and go, Mom, I made new friends at the park today. A moment of koinonia as witnessed by parents watching their little kids play is a beautiful Beautiful thing. We're created to be in relationship with others. We are told that the purpose in life is to be in koinonia with God and with people. That we should delight to think it good, to choose, determine, to decide, to do willingly, be pleased with, take pleasure in, and be favorably inclined in our relationships with God and people. Does anyone here struggle with that and people part? What happens? 
How do we go from being a little kid in the playground, unassuming to the world, embracing other people regardless of what they look like, regardless of who they are, and welcoming them into our lives in this moment of koinonia, regardless of all of that stuff, to, ah, oh, you're asking me, I actually have to share my life with that person? And, uh, delight in it, take pleasure in it, ew, no way, it's impossible. They are, (coughs) (coughs) could you hand me my water, please? I'm sorry. They are in no way like me. There's no way they would even like me. Excuse me. (laughs) Yet, yet, right? There's, There's some honest moments there, right? Probably we've all, if we're honest, we've been there. Yet, this is our God-created purpose. When we choose to not be in relationship with others, we are choosing not to participate in what it truly means to be a Christian. To live life as a Christian, as God intended it. Just like being in koinonia with God is a choice that we get to make, being in koinonia with others is a choice. God doesn't force it on us. But it is our purpose in this life. It is the reason we exist. And we are missing out on so much by letting our differences and past experiences define how we interact and live life with or without others. God should define our relationships. And because of Jesus, koinonia is possible with others. So today, we're going to take a look at our relationships with others. We're going to begin. This is part one. I'm sure some of you noticed that. How many parts are there going to be? Well, at least two. I can give you that. (laughs) We're going to look at part one of what it means to share our lives, to be in koinonia with others. And the key to koinonia is found in our key verse. In 1 Thessalonians 2.8, koinonia with people happens when we share our lives with others. So today we're going to start looking at how do we do that? How do we share our lives with people? Well, first, we we prepare. We prepare. We prepare to share our lives with others. This has to do with the heart. We begin by being in koinonia with God and having that dynamic, growing relationship with God that allows us to draw close to his heart and have that relationship with him. And as we grow in that relationship with him, as we grow close to his heart, we begin to understand his heart for those that he has created, for others, for people that surround us. And we begin to understand just how much he desires for us and creates us to be in relationship with others. We also need to prepare our hearts to love others by loving ourselves. And this is important. This has to do with that playground scenario, and we'll get to that in a second. So we need to prepare by loving ourselves. Mark 12, 30, and 31, Jesus gives the greatest, the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. As odd as it sounds, in order to love others, you have to begin with loving yourself. Think about it. Does your idea of sharing life with other people um, or certain people paralyze you? Why? Is it because you don't feel like you're good enough, outgoing enough, interesting enough, 
Is it because you don't feel like you have anything to offer anybody? Or maybe you feel like you're too good or too different to share your life with them. A lot of us stop ourselves from experiencing koinonia with others either because of pride or because of adopting lies the enemy leads us to think and believe about ourselves. We let our past experiences paralyze us from moving forward into what God created us to be in. Think of that young child in the park again. Think about, I think about my daughter. Think about just what you've witnessed with kids. They haven't yet had enough experiences and interactions in life to think poorly about themselves or to puff themselves up with pride. If they are raised in a healthy and loving environment, they feel loved and therefore feel worthy of love and deserving of love. And so then they tend to reciprocate that back out to others, welcoming them into their lives because that is what they have experienced and seen in their life. But as we know, we grow up. Life happens. Situations happen to us or we create situations. Sin exists. Good things happen. Bad things happen. It all piles up and it affects our worldview and therefore how we view and interact with the people around us because we get hurt and hurt people build walls. We get puffed up with pride and so we build walls that separate. All of it affects our worldview, but what we're created for is that little kid that little kid that welcomes and embraces people and, enters and has them enter into their lives into koinonia. We grow up, and so what do we do? We, we, let's talk about church. Sometimes we, we show up when we feel up to it, when we feel like we can. We smile when we go. We try to exercise these muscles. Sometimes it's hard, right? We smile. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Oh, good. Hey, have a great week. We grab a coffee and say hello, and maybe, maybe, just maybe on a good week, we engage in some casual conversation with one another. But that's our limit, because we've had this past, and we have these walls. So we need to prepare our hearts. We need to re allow God to repair our hearts in order to receive God's love, because somewhere along the way, we haven't humbled ourselves. Well, somewhere along the way, we've lost ourselves. We've lost that innocence. We've lost that love, that understanding that God loves us. And to love our neighbor well, to share our lives with them, we have to love what Jesus loves. We need to value what he values. And that starts with you. You are the object of God's love. He loves you in a deep and unconditional love. And before we can share our lives with others and give that same love to them, we need to receive it. We need to remember it. You cannot give what you do not have. Learning to love ourselves prepares us to love our neighbors. We can learn about this love by preparing by taking time in our koinonia with God to humble ourselves and allow him to heal us, free us, transform us from the lies that we have become to believe and the situations that we have faced. And through that process, sometimes really slow, sometimes we need to get extra help, and that's okay. We start feeling loved, valued, cherished, and worthy. 
And then and the amazing thing is, is we start walking in love. We start walking in freedom from what has happened to us, what has shaped us, that the world has done to us. And we will start acting and walking like we are actually loved, forgiven. We start walking in his strength and in his power. We appreciate our own giftings, our uniquenesses that we, he created us with, and understand how God can best use us in our relationships in order to share our lives with others. And when we love ourselves, we can give God glory for his very good creation, and we no longer focus on what we lack or what we're better at, but rather focus on what God wants us to do. We start to view others in the same light. We see them for their worth and their value. And we see them through Jesus' eyes. God's, God's desires for us become our metrics and how we measure our lives and how we live our lives, our standard of living, and our doubts turn to confidence in his calling on our lives to take care of ourselves, to do what's necessary to take care of ourselves, that self-care kind of thing to reach out with the good news of the gospel and build relationships with others and delighting in it all. See, when we prepare our hearts with the truth of how God sees us and how he sees others, we are better prepared to engage and delight in sharing our lives with people. We are not only be pre better prepared, but our hearts start to long to let others know just how deeply they are loved by God because we know it again. We've embraced it and we're walking in it. It's at this point that we can start truly living out 1 Thessalonians 2.8 and to begin to share our lives with others with passion and with purpose, not just out of obligation, not just because the pastor said so, not out of fear and trembling with our knees knocking. The very first church, they shared their lives together with passion and purpose. And I want you to turn to Acts 2, verses 42 through 47a. We're going to read there to learn how else we can continue to share our lives with one another. The first church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The first church, they got it. They shared lives with one another. They devoted themselves to koinonia with God and with one another. What can we learn from them? How do we share our lives with people? Well, we prepare our hearts, and we are present. We are present. Verse 46 says, every day they met together. Can you imagine it? Every day they met together. They showed up in each other's actual homes. They ate meals together. They were present. I want to tell you something this morning that's really, really important. The number one way to share your life with people is to be present. To be present. Never underestimate the power of your presence. And simply just showing up. When you say to a friend, hey, you know, I'll be there, be there. Don't just say it and then in a time of need not be there. Your physical presence means something. It's powerful here at Oak Ridge. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 
says, and let us consider how we may spur one another to on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, the day Jesus will return. Don't give up on being present. All the more meet together, gather together, be present. I can't tell you the number of times that we come here um, on Sunday mornings or throughout the week and our hearts, PJ and myself, our hearts are warmed and encouraged by simply just getting to see your face. Every one of your faces. We're encouraged. I also can't tell you the amount of times that we hear people ask, hey, where was so-and-so? I really missed them. Hey, where have they been? Hey, what's going on in their lives? And we, we encourage them to help us follow up. But I can tell you, when you're not here, your presence is missed. Simply showing up is so important. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, your presence is powerful because it means that you have chosen, you have made the choice to take time out of your week to come get out of bed, to come and sit with God and with us here, to share a portion of your week, to share a portion of your lives in this place. You need the church. We need each other. We need each other's presence. Your presence opens up more opportunities for encouragement, for love, and good deeds to take place within the body. It doesn't matter if you're a wallflower or if you are the life of the party. Your presence speaks volumes because you simply matter. You will never know the amount of opportunities and blessings you miss out on if you just never show up. You're missing out on so much. But don't just show up. Don't just be here. But be present. Be present within your presence don't just show up and tune out. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The first church was present in their presence. They knew enough about one another to know what they had in common. They knew each other's needs and they responded appropriately to those needs. Was this group an elite group or family members only group? No, this was all, all the believers. It's hard to imagine in today's hurried and disengaged culture, isn't it? A little bit. I don't know about you, uh, I see technology raining a little bit when I go to the restaurant. I go to the restaurant, I sit at a table, and I look at the table next to me, and I see a person's phone more than I see their face. And I go, how can they really be in koinonia with the people around them? It drives me nuts. Our attention span is shorter than that of a goldfish. I'm serious, it's a fact. Look it up, they've tested it. It's sad. <laughs> We are not present and engaged within our presence. Imagine this, okay, if the disciples were here. Can you imagine Peter sending out a tweet of his latest sermon on Twitter? Can you imagine Matthew over on his phone checking out the stock exchange, seeing how his financial contributions have escalated or <laughs> gone down? Can you imagine Mary Magdalene's in the bathroom doing a makeup demo on TikTok? Okay, or, or how about this? Doubting Thomas, we got him creeping in the corner on a Facebook or Insta profile to make sure that what so-and-so told him was really true because he kind of doubts it. 
And then this group gets together and they meet up and they go to dinner and they kind of arrange their food all pretty, um, guilty, and they take a picture and they go, oh, that's, that's Insta-worthy, I gotta post that. And they get together for that perfect selfie moment and they post that, oh, hashtag friends forever. And then they go on and on with their week. Now, some of you may not know what I'm talking about, but some of you do, and, and maybe you're guilty. I've been guilty of those food pics. Okay, I like taking pictures of good-looking food and then eating it. Um, but here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. Probably within that time, they're engaged in some casual chit-chat. They're having some conversations. Maybe even a worship session gets worked out in that time. All good things, right? But not really present within their presence with one another. And i got to be honest, I've witnessed disciples today, followers of Jesus today, doing these very same things. Now, it might not be all technology, but similar things. In fact, I already mentioned, I've done a few of those things myself. If that was the first church today, would that church grow like it did back then? Would God bless that church in the same way he did in the very church that was devoted to koinonia, to being present within their presence? As we have discussed, true fellowship is very different than what we sometimes witness today. The type of relationship we're called to, this koinonia is active, involved, dynamic, and present, which means we're engaged. The first church was attentive, focused, and passionate about growing in the Lord together and helping one another. So we put the phones down. We practice active listening. We participate by reflecting and responding and empathizing. We take action when we are able to act and as the Lord enables us. We share our lives with people when we show up and we are present in our presence. And when we are present in our presence, we begin to be unified. We begin to grow in our commonalities with Jesus, taking the center stage of that. And we are able to help with and meet needs when we are present within our presence. We experience koinonia and growing relationships with one another, and God blesses us just as he blessed the first church. And then finally, how do we share our lives with people? We welcome in people. We welcome in people. Have you noticed that often the greeting when you go inside a store <laughs> or a restaurant is, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Not, hey, hi, hello, welcome. It's welcome in. Welcome in. I'm like, is this one word? I just recently, I think it's God just made me hear this. Welcome in, welcome in, over and over again. I'm like, I used to be hello. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But people say welcome in. Now you're going to notice it. And they say welcome in when you go into the store, almost like it's one word. What if we take that same concept and when we are present, we greet people with a welcome in, except instead of a casual greeting, we actually mean it. Welcoming in people can be a risk in a fallen world that we live in, but it can also be one of life's greatest blessings and opportunities for the Holy Spirit to move. So how do we do this? How do we welcome in people? We welcome them into our personal space. Physically, we intentionally place ourselves in a position to welcome people. Verse 46, they broke bread in their homes where they slept, where they got ready for the day. They welcomed in people into their homes. So we invite people into our space. We invite them to join us for lunch or for a dinner out. We meet our neighbors by hanging out in the front yard instead of hiding inside or going to our fenced-in backyard. 
when we make the invitation or when we intentionally position ourselves on a place to receive people into our lives, this opens the door to not only sharing our Sunday mornings with people, but more of our actual lives as well. And we begin to delight so, delight in doing so in the process. The second way we can welcome in people to our lives is into our personal lives. We welcome it into our personal space and into our personal lives. Relationally, spiritually, we welcome them in. Verse 45, they had needs, and when they shared, people helped. They opened up. They had moments of vulnerability. They shared what was going on. They didn't just keep it on the inside. In order to share our lives, our personal lives with people, we can't expect everyone else just to open up to us first. We have to let people in. Sometimes we have to make the first move and be willing to take a chance on letting someone else see our struggles, our pain, our past, and more. It's often that God takes our messes and turns them into a message that in turn helps someone grow closer to him or be a blessing to someone else. When we clam things up and keep it inside, we are robbing the Holy Spirit. We are robbing the Holy Spirit of having the opportunity to use our story to help change another person's life, to help add to another person's life, to help encourage that person's life. When we keep our difficulties from others, we are potentially robbing them from being a blessing to us because that's a blessing to them and they're just looking for opportunities to bless someone and to help someone. So what do we do? We tear down those walls that hold us back. We swallow our pride. We trust in the Lord to get us through the uncomfortable moments of being vulnerable. And this doesn't mean, though, I should add this little note, that we should or have to spill all the beans at our first meal or outing together, because I'm just saying that might be a little bit awkward if you just let it all out. <laughs> But it does mean that bit by bit, we let our guard down and we share more as trust is built, as needs are there, and we share our lives and welcome people in to our personal space and our, to our personal lives. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. How do you have koinonia with people? How do you live out your purpose? Well, we begin to share our lives with people. We share our lives by preparing our hearts, by being in koinonia with God, and by loving ourselves. We begin to share our lives by making a decision to be present and to be present within our presence. And we welcome in people into our personal space and our lives. As we begin to do this, something awesome happens. Koinonia happens. Dynamic relationships with others will be begin to develop and as it does God will use your relationships with others to strengthen your relationship with him it's as simple as that he'll unite call equip and transform us and he will use us in relationships with one another for his glory and for his kingdom's sake and in the end just like the first church he will bless us for being faithful to what he has created us for and will experience fulfillment joy testimonies miracles because that's what awaits a church that seeks koinonia with others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for how you have created and shaped us. 
to be in relationship with you, to fall in love with a God who pursues us, that pursues that dynamic relationship with each and every single person in this room. God, we thank you that you created us to be in relationship with one another, that you looked at Adam and said, it's not good for him to be alone, so I'm going to create a helpmate for him. That you created us to be your church, your bride, to spur one another on all the, all, as quick as the day is approaching, that Jesus' return is approaching, that we're supposed to meet together to spur one another on, to encourage one another in the faith, to share our lives with one another. God, help us to delight in our relationship with you. Help us to delight in a relationship with others. Help us to do what is necessary to love ourselves. God, I pray that everyone in this room will be reminded in this moment that they are loved, that they are worthy, that they are valued, that they have something to offer, that, that you have created them with purpose and passion. Heal us from the past. Heal us from what has been done to us or what we have done to puff ourselves up and separate us from others. God, Break those walls down so that we may enter into a loving relationship with those around us as you have loved us. May we love others in return. God, help us to show up. Help us to be committed to doing just that. But more than that, help us to be present and engaged within our presence when we show up. In this place, when we show up with a coffee with a friend, help us to be engaged Help us to focus. Help us to listen. Help us to help. Help us to love. God, and help us to do what is necessary to welcome in people into our personal space and our personal lives. God, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. When we hear being in a relationship with you, God, yeah, we, I hope everyone here is like, yeah, I want more of that. But when we hear that and people, God, sometimes that's hard. That's a tough pill to swallow depending on what we've been through in life. But God, you have called us to this purpose. You have created us for this. To be a Christian is to be a koinonia with one another, to have a dynamic, growing relationship with one another. So God, I pray that you would help us to do this. Help us to live out our calling and our purpose. I pray this in Jesus' name, that your will would be done in this. God, I pray for my friends as they leave here, they leave this place this morning, that you would go with them, go before them that you would bless them and keep them in your care. May they do all that they do be worship unto you and that they would serve you with joy. And it's in your name I pray, amen. I wanna thank you for hanging in there with me this morning and I want to remind you that we have a time of tithes and offering um, at the end of our service. We prayed for it earlier, but know that this is a worshipful act. This is something we do as worship, returning back a portion of what the God has provided for us. All things are because of him and what he has done for us. So I just wanna remind you there's plates at the doors and you can give online as well. We wanna invite you back next week um, to our service. We will be continuing in our our series on Koinonia with People Part 2, and we would love to see you there and join us for the movie night next week. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week.